Chapter 29 Evil's Bright Light Evil waited and watched every person receive his or her dose. The king had gone off somewhere while T. Hammond used my body to repeat the process like a machine. It was redundant looking into everyone's eyes, but there was a true connection I established with every person here. By the end of the ritual, I was exhausted, and I realized that my entire palazepram supply had run dry. 6 a.m. tomorrow, said Reynolds, tapping my shoulder. The king wants you in the first shift with me. My own emotions were becoming unstable as we were excused for the night while I followed Evil and the extractors back to the control room when- Oh my goodness, that kitten! She must be so hungry! And how does one man save everyone? There must be an easier way. I turned and ran toward the poor kitten's room to find her waiting with eager eyes. Where were you? asked the kitten. Why are you doing this to me? I began refilling her food and water. Thank goodness she was all set for at least one more day. It's not me doing this to you. I swear on our life. Well, T. Hammond and I, we'd never do anything like this to you. We're just trying to help. Footsteps entered the hallway, coming toward us. Shh! I ran and hid in a closet. Weird animal smells surrounded me. Starving and unsure when I'd last eaten, I found a biscuit. Sure enough, two pairs of feet entered the room. Thankfully, the closet was pitch black, and T. Hammond's suit fit right in. Did you notice anything funny today? Asked Evol's cold voice as they entered the room. Why were there seven new extractors? Six and seven are very different numbers. You realize this, right? It changes everything. And what a squad it is, replied the king. Did you see Jack out there? He jumped right in, and I'll tell you what, if he has another day like that tomorrow, then... There were seven of them, Evol paused. We agreed upon six. Am I going crazy, or is that an important detail that we have one extra? You've heard of the seven deadly sins. Jack was hired by accident, the king paused. There are no accidents, said Evol. God has a plan, so there is a reason there must be seven. So what do we do about the riot, then? asked the king. What do we do if the slaves won't work? Paint the picture we've been discussing. These prisoners gave the slaves hope, and you'll need to make an example of them because of it. Focus on the propaganda, and the citizens will stay divided. Then the rich will maintain command. Soon everyone will work for you. The media will protect you. The bankers will fund you. But Jack, you have to be careful with ones like that. There's a reason he's that good. I can tell by his energy. He's gone through something intense. Much more than you can imagine, said Evil. And if he disobeys, I'll kill him like I did to Hammond said the king. He's one of us, all right. No doubt about it, said Evil. But if I were you, I'd want to get to know him a little better before he gets in too deep. Then I'll bring him to the suite tomorrow night, said the king. I'll have Reynolds invite him up tomorrow, and we'll see who he really is. They left the room. Footsteps echoed over silence. The cat was just as shocked as me. Then I had to make sure the coast was clear. It could have been night. No one else was here and so I crept out into the dim halls, listening to any sounds beyond the normal misery and torture from all sides. Helpless humans were moaning. They'd be here all night watching the screens, unless, without commanding anything, I watched T. Hammond move my legs toward the control room. We turned and entered the door before examining the controls until we found the largest red button. Holy shit, this is it. You're a savior after this. And the huge button was housed in a thick glass case labeled Warning. Oh, they should have disguised this one better. They were even dumb enough to print a sticker that said, Mass Release. All cells will open beneath the button. I wonder how they print something like that. It was perfectly placed. My brain had gone dry, like a sponge in the desert. Oh, there was only one thing left to quench my thirst, and this red mushroom button was getting me geared up to change the history of the universe forever. The cube of glass opened when T. Hammond's black gloves got curious. My eye peeked at the button.
Not a soul was here. All screens were silent. The button was right below T. Hammond's index finger when, working overtime, asked Evol. T. Hammond stopped and slammed the glass case back over the top. Evol's voice was right behind us. I always like seeing who puts in the extra effort, said Evol. That's how we tell the difference between someone working a job and someone fulfilling a duty. Turning my head, I watched Evol climb out of a locker. It was tiny and slim, but why had he been hiding inside it? And how had he squeezed in there? I couldn't even grab the arrowhead in my pocket because now he was breathing on the back of my neck. That's an interesting button you got right there, said Evol. I wasn't going to press it. Oh, you shouldn't lie, or else we'll never produce that light, said Evol. We have to follow the moral code, but suffering is inevitable. And see, I never lie, and I don't pick sides either. As long as somebody is trying to produce that light, I don't care how it happens. An awkward silence lingered when Evol flipped the glass case over and exposed the red mushroom button again. You can push it if you want, but I'd say not yet, said Evol. Wait and see. He flipped the glass case back closed, and then he turned one of the channels on the main screen. First it was a boxing match, a bit slow and nothing extreme compared to the torture. After a few moments he got bored and turned the channel. Aha, he said, this is the one I wanted. The picture came clear. It was this room revealing a camera that had been hiding behind me. It was recording Evil and I the whole time. What were you doing in that locker? I asked. Sometimes I like to surprise old friends. But the locker? Well, it reminds me of my mother's womb. Been so long since I've been home. And a boy can dream, can't he? said Evil. And what about you? What are you doing back here? My duty, I told him. Oh, I knew that. And that's exactly why I was waiting in the locker. Because I have a duty too, Evol paused. You think I want to make people suffer. No, I need to. I make it hurt, otherwise we'd never find that light. But it doesn't make any sense. All the suffering for something we can't even see. But once it happens, you'll feel it. You'll know it's happening too, said Evol. Tune the mind and let it go. Then I promise you'll feel it happening. He was perched on his tiptoes, balancing on the balls of his feet. I've tried everything, but joy doesn't cut it, said Evol. Give people joy and they'll smile, wave, and go on about their day, thinking their body is the center of the universe. But if you make them suffer, oh boy, will people learn. And the truth is good. It'll stick with them for all their lives. That's what the light is all about. It's our truth. It's who we are. What truth, I wondered. Evol didn't respond when he opened the door to leave us alone. So I'll see you tomorrow then, said Evol. Or who knows, maybe I'll be watching you all night. Do whatever you need as long as we're getting closer to conjuring some light. The door closed and he walked away.